thought it was six or seven. Exodus 7. Life in Egypt. I want to talk to you about life in Egypt today. Life in Egypt. Now, Egypt is a representation of the world, okay? In the Old Testament, there are symbols and typologies. And, oh, let me also say this before I really get into this. All of you were supposed to contact your life group people, and life group people were supposed to contact friends and neighbors that they're close with. So hopefully you've done that and they're watching now. If they're not watching, text, call your neighbor, your friend that may be concerned about what's going on in this world right now and tell them you need to tune in right now to the Family Worship Center live broadcast, okay? That's what you were supposed to be doing. All right, the church in action, CIA. You just thought it was for Central Intelligence Agency, but it's for the church in action. Life in Egypt. Egypt is a representation of the world. Egypt is a representation of the total system that is anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-living for the Lord, anti-everything else. So we're going to talk about Egypt today and what God did in Egypt and how that pertains to us today. Okay, if we can go to the next one, please. Exodus chapter number 7, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh. Now let me tell you something. First of all, it's coming a day and a time in the, the weeks and months and possibly years ahead that we are going to be in a situation where this is getting ready to wind down. Each day we get closer to what Christians call the rapture. Each day we get another day closer to eternity. Each day we change a little bit. Each day, actually each day we are at a point where um, the longer we live on this earth, the closer we get to dying. You don't believe that? Look at your picture, that the last picture that you took or had taken of yourself and uh, look at your graduation picture from high school. Now, if that's not been too long that you've graduated from high school, then look at your graduation from kindergarten. We all change. Time is changing us, and we're coming down to the last bit of time here that's left on this earth. God has chosen you and I to be part of this end time, okay? Here, to be part of this end time church, end time move of God. And God is going to give his people favor in the eyes of those around them. That's what God did with Moses here. He said, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, thy brother, shall be thy prophet. Now, as we look through this today, we're going to go through the plagues today in Egypt. As we look through this today, you're going to see the posture of Moses and how Moses would come to, the, to Pharaoh and he would say, let my people go, and Pharaoh's heart would be hardened and God would send a plague. And when the plague was in the midst of, of being activated and, and working in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh would say, Moses, you've got to get rid of these flies. You've got to get rid of this lice. You've got to get... And Moses would go out and he would pray and boom, it would happen. The plague would end. So God was giving Moses posture. And as he was giving him posture, Aaron was going to be his prophet, his spokesperson. And he said, thou shalt speak 
all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh that he shall send the children of Israel out of his land. Okay. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Look at that. God said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. God said, I will make Pharaoh reject what you're saying. There are people in all of our lives, there are people in all of our circles of life, our oikos, of our influence. There are people in all kinds of situations around us that, the, the, that pressure makes them harder and pressure makes them, pressure makes them to um, get their heart hardened toward the things of God. And God, God told Moses, he said, I am going to harden Pharaoh's heart, but I'm going to multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. And he said, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you. He will not listen that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring forth mine enemies and my people, the children of Israel, or my armies, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. God said, I am going to do this. He said, I am going to lay my hand on Egypt. I'm going to bring forth my armies and my people, the children of Israel. I'm going to bring them out of the land of Egypt. There will be people that will harden their hearts in these times of trouble. Get ready for that. Next one, please. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring the children out from among them. And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, so did they. And Moses was 80 years old, fourscore. He was 80 years old. If you think you don't have a life at 50, Moses started his life at 80. Moses started his life at 80. You see, Moses' life is broken up into four different, or three different parts. The first part was the first 40 years in Egypt. The next 40 years he spent in the wilderness and he spent in the, in the land of Canaan getting deprogrammed in, out of his life everything that had been programmed into him in Egypt the first 40 years. So there, after this 40 years of deprogramming, then God is ready to use Moses, I want you to realize something. Sometimes in our lives, you're going to have to get some things deprogrammed out of you before God can use you. You're going to have to get some stuff and junk taken out of you that you think is right and you think that it's the, it is the, quote, gospel for God to use you. God is going to have to flush some things out of all of our lives. The first thing he's going to have to flush out of our lives is negative thinking. The next thing he's going to have to flush out is he's going to have to flush out fear. You feed your faith, not your fear. That's a quote from Amy Lynn from her pastor there in Maryland. You feed your faith, not your fear. You're going to, if we live by faith, then we need to really live by faith. If we say we're a Christian, then we really need to be a Christian. If we say we're a woman of God, then we need to be a woman of God. If we say God can do anything, then we need to believe that even when I don't see it, he's working, and even when I don't feel it, he's working. The problem is the devil wants to fill our mouths with negative talk. The devil wants to fill our minds with fear. The devil wants to fill our minds with all this negative stuff. And guess what? Negative is the opposite of positive. And positive is faith. Hallelujah. I'm talking about God wants to put faith in us and the devil wants to keep us quiet with fear. We're going to have to learn how to declare the word of God in this day. 
None of us would have dreamed at Christmas time when we had our Christmas service here, none of us would have dreamed that in three months we're going to be t- preaching to 37 empty pews, or pretty well empty pews. There's a few stragglers around here. Amen. Who would have thought this? Who would have thunk it? But I'm telling you, there's a shift that's coming in the land. There's a shift that's coming. We're getting ready for the end time. And God has chosen you to live during this time. You didn't get to live back in the 1950s, 40s and 50s after the war when everything was pretty and good and and Eisenhower was president and Howdy Doody was taking the country by storm. You didn't get to live back then and just enjoy it. But you have been called and chosen to live in this church and in this generation and in this time in the kingdom of God. We are not part of just the earth's population. We are part of the kingdom of God on the earth. Okay? You see what I'm saying? Anybody picking up what I'm laying down? I think that's how you say it, Danny Trout. If I did that right, send me an affirmation on the screen. That would be marvelous. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? All right. Can I get an applause there or anything on that? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Please contain yourselves. Now, don't, don't get too crazy about all this. I tell you, if we have aisle runners here today, not going to be much of a traffic jam. Amen. I've been in church services. I've seen 40, 50, to 100 people just take off running. And there's traffic jams. Not today. Not in Vandalia. What are you saying? I'm saying Moses is 80 years old. Aaron is 83 years old. These two old guys are going down there to, to face the most powerful man on the face of the earth. The most powerful man on the face of the earth, just like the president of the United States today. These guys are going to face the Pharaoh of Egypt. And so they bring a message. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron and said, When Pharaoh shall speak to you, say, Show me a, a miracle. Then thou shalt say to Aaron, Take the rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. Next. And Moses and Aaron went unto Pharaoh, and they came and did as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron, I'm sorry, and Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the the magicians of Egypt, and they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. First of all, I'm so glad that I wasn't on that ministry team with those guys. Because about the time that rod hit the floor and turned into a snake, I'm I'm running. I'm running. I'm running for Jesus. Amen. Uh Uh-huh. I'm running. I'm running away. Somebody said, you one of those snake handling churches? I said, are you kidding no way. We don't do that here. Because then fear would get a hold of me. We don't want to, we got to cast out fear. And so they throw down these serpents. Now the Egyptian magicians did the same thing. A lot of people in the world are going to say, oh, it's just nothing. It's just going to pass away. It's just going to be nothing. And so no big deal. Amen. No big deal. So there we go. Next one, please. The Nile turns into blood. Okay. The Nile turns into blood. Exodus 7.20, And Moses and Aaron did so as the Lord commanded, and he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river, in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, and all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. 
and the fish that were in the river died, and the river stank. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I bet it stunk too. It stank, and I bet it stunk. I would imagine it stunk. And the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river, and the, there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. Next one. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord has said. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house like no big deal. Neither did he set his heart to this also. Pharaoh said, this ain't nothing. We can do the same thing, Moses. How, was, how were the Egyptians doing all these miracles that God was doing? They were doing it through black magic. They were doing it through the power of Satan. They were doing it through the occult. They were doing it through all of the, all the powers of darkness. You see, the powers of darkness are fueled by an angelic, fallen angelic host. The darkness came, the darkness came from a fallen angel called Lucifer. Lucifer is a created being. He's in the angel class. He's an angelic class. He's just like Gabriel. He's just like Michael. He was created by God, and so that's how darkness came on the earth. And listen, people are going to continue to play with darkness. Some people are going to listen to you, and some people are not going to listen to you. Some people are going to have some wisdom and say, I better see what God is doing in this last hour. And some people are going to be like Pharaoh and say, oh, it's nothing. Amen. Let's go on. Let's see what the next one is. Frogs. Frogs. I've heard frogs say, fully rely on God. Amen. That's a good one. There's also fog, the favor of God. I like to be in the fog, amen? I like to be in the fog of God. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Exodus 8, 5, said unto Aaron, Stretch forth thine hand with thy rod over the streams, the rivers, the ponds, and cause frogs to come up to the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came out. And covered the land of Egypt, and the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought frogs up upon the land of Egypt. No big deal. Next one, please. Lice. There you go, girls. All that long hair and the lice. Lice is nice. Twice. If you live in a house with women with long hair, if you live in a house with people with hair, it doesn't even have to be long. You live in a house with people that have hair, and lice is mentioned. Fear grips the world. You're gonna be you're gonna be burning your sheets and your bed. You're gonna be pulling down your drapes. You're gonna burn your drapes. You're gonna go in there with a flamethrower and just practically burn the house down because you don't want lice. Now, do you want me to put a plug-in line online for your ministry? Hmm? If you need anybody to help find lice, Amy's a professional nitpicker. Amen. She's saying, stop, stop. Amen. She can do it. But you will have to call to set up an appointment in these times that we live in. Now, lice. There's lice. Let's read on about lice. If I got lice, you're going to see my head fully shaved completely. So there you go. And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man and beast, 
and all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Can you imagine walking down the street, the road that is dusty, and then suddenly there's this, there's this wave coming down the street. You're like, what is going on with the road in front of us? And then suddenly all the dust begins to turn to nice lice. Ooh, wow. There's lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Let's go on. And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there were lice upon man and upon beast. The magicians then reported to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. When the magicians finally had met their match, they finally said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. We cannot keep up with this one. We don't have enough enchantments. We don't have enough magic. We don't have enough of our own reasoning to put up with this. We don't have enough time and, uh, to figure out a way to, to make this thing happen. This is the finger of God. But the Bible says Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he didn't listen to him as the Lord had said. Let's go on. Flies, flies. So we've had blood in the Nile. We've had serpents in the palace. We've had lice, frogs. Now we have flies. You know how it is. You're just about to fall asleep and your mouth comes open and a fly comes by. Wants to fly in your mouth. Flies everywhere. Flies everywhere. The Lord said to Moses, rise up early in the morning. Stand before Pharaoh. He's coming to the, to the water and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. Else if thou will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee. And upon your servants, your people, your houses, the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of flies. And also the ground whereon they are. Flies everywhere. Flies everywhere. One of my most favorite times as growing up on a dairy farm was this. Right before it would rain, all of the flies in the world would fly into the barn because they didn't want to get wet. And I would get a fly swatter. And I would go through the barn and I would kill every fly that I could. I was acting like I was at war against the flies and I was destroying the fly army. And after a few times of that, the order came down from headquarters. Tracy, the next time that you kill all the flies in the barn, you're going to have to get a broom and you're going to have to sweep them all up and throw them outside. That came from my dad. So, therefore, we didn't kill flies anymore in the barn. But look at verse 22 here. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen. This is where the children of God lived in Egypt, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end that thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth, and I will put division between my people 
and between thy people tomorrow shall be this sign. God is saying, I am going to draw the line now. I am now coming to the point where I am going to divide between light and darkness, Israel light and Egyptian, good and evil. I am going to do this. And guess what? This is where we're coming to today in 2020. This is where we're coming to in this hour that we're living in. God is going to give us favor in this hour. Let's go to the next one, please. But it will be very difficult in the land of Goshen, but it will be very different in the land of Goshen where the Israelites live. No flies will be found there. This is the New Living Translation. Then you will know that I am the Lord and that I have power even in the heart of your land. I will make a clear distinction between your people and my people. This miraculous sign will happen tomorrow. God has a plan. God has a way of taking care of his people. Next one, please. Plagues on the livestock. There's a plague that came on all the livestock. Next one. Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle, which is in the field, upon the horses, the asses, the camels, the oxen, the sheep. There shall be a very grievous murin or a plague. And the Lord shall sever, look at this again, the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt. And there shall nothing die of all that is in the children's of, that is the children of Israel's. And the Lord appointed a set time saying, tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. I'm telling you, don't be afraid. God is in control. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Look, we're going to have to start believing what we're singing, brothers and sisters. We're going to have to start believing that he is really working. We're going to have to start proclaiming with our mouth that God is going to give us victory. We're going to have to start proclaiming with our mouth that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. We're going to have to believe that the Lord is not going to allow this coronavirus to come upon us. If it does, then we believe, guess what, that God is able to heal us and raise us up. We are going to have to feed our faith and stop feeding our fear in the name of Jesus. Amen. Because God said, I'm giving favor to my people. Well, Brother Tracy, you know preachers, you know preachers that have this virus right now. Yes. There are people, Christians, that have died from this, yes. And guess what? If I don't obey and stay in my house and I'm out on the road, I could be in a car accident and die today. Right? Are we here to be comfortable in this earth? To be settled here? In this? No, we're not here to, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. We're not preparing to live forever on this earth. We're preparing for a city whose builder and maker is God. People are going to die, but I'm not going to speak negative on my body. I'm not going to speak negative against my body. I'm not going to speak negative. If the Lord chooses for me to fall over right now while I'm preaching and die, amen, that's what the Lord wanted. That's what he called me to do. Guess what? I'm going to speak positive. I'm going to declare the word of God. Amen. They took the ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and they sprinkled the ashes up toward heaven. 
and it became boil breaking boil breaking forth with blands upon men and upon beasts and the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils for the boil was upon the magicians and all the Egyptians and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he hearkened not unto them just like he had told Moses I'm telling you that the longer you go the harder some people's hearts are going to get Maybe someday out here in Fayette County, Illinois, Vandale, Illinois, the sun will shine again. It seems like it hasn't shined since about mid-October. It's always overcast. It's always gloomy. But listen, the same sun that melts wax is the same sun that hardens concrete. So the same situation and scenarios that would melt the hearts of some people when God has life come through our lives, hardens other people's hearts. Pharaoh's heart was chosen to harden, just like God said so. Next one, please. Pestilence. Read on. And the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Say to him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. For now I will stretch out my hand, that I may smite thee, and, my pe and thy people with pestilence, and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. Next one. And in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up. Now watch this. I have raised thee up. God is talking to Pharaoh. For to show thee in thee my power. And in my name, that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. Pharaoh was created to show the glory of God. Pharaoh was created to bring about the will of God. God said to Pharaoh, I have, call, I have raised you up, Pharaoh, to show in you my power and to declare my name throughout all the earth. Now listen, I don't know if you're Democrat or Republican, I don't know if you're independent. I don't know if you're a swing voter. I don't know if you're a socialist or a communist. I don't know if you're whatever you are. However you see the political situation, however you see it, I don't know. I, I don't know if Donald Trump is your president or Donald Trump is not your president. Okay? That's neither here nor there. If Donald Trump is not your president and you get that $1,200 check, send it on to me. Amen. We'll take that. Because you, you don't want to take anything from anybody that's not yours. Okay. So. And whether you agree with Donald Trump or not and his lifestyle before and now or whatever, I want to say this. God has placed Donald Trump in the White House for this time. God has placed him for this time to bring about in the United States. A spiritual renewal. A time where we have someone in the White House where it says that abortion should not happen like it is. We have someone in the White House that has monthly prayer meetings with pastors and church leaders from all over the country in the White House, in the Oval Office. You say, well, I don't agree with all that. I don't like Donald Trump. And, you know, this is not a political platform. No, I'm just telling you about the end time. Because there was a king called Cyrus 
in, in uh, Isaiah chapter 45 who restored back to Israel the things that had been taken in their captivity. Let me tell you another thing, and I'm going to hit on this in the next couple of weeks. God is fed up in America and in the world with a couple of things. Number one, he is fed up with the shedding of innocent blood. Whenever in, in the scriptures you see the term shedding of innocent blood, that is abortion. We've aborted over 60 million babies since 1973 with the law's consent. God is not happy about that. God gives life and God takes life. Every child has a destiny and a purpose. Every child has a book written about them. And I know this past week when I was holding Edison and I'm looking at that baby, I'm thinking, how can anybody abort this? How can anybody kill this? How can anybody do this? But we, the problem is we have legislature, legislators in our states that have uh, crafted and built and passed abortions that if abortions are messed up, the baby can lay on a table over in the corner and die. And that's covered by law. What's amazing is, is we're trying to uh, save everybody from the coronavirus. All oh, the pastor's meddling now, I feel it. We're trying to save everybody from the coronavirus. We want everybody to stay inside and in the houses. And at the same time, the abortion on demand clinics and Planned Parenthood are just keep doing abortions and abortions and abortions. And that's really not medically necessary to save someone's life. But it's amazing how we need to save people's lives from, from coronavirus, but we really don't care if they survive in the womb. God is getting sick and tired of the shedding of innocent blood. Another thing God is getting sick and tired of is he's getting sick and tired of same-sex marriage. God is getting tired of the homosexual agenda. God is getting sick and tired of the liberal philosophies and laws that have been passed. With the last president we had in his first campaign said, I say that and declare and observe that uh, marriage is between one man and one woman. And before he left in his second term, President Obama decided that now marriage is redefined and now it's between whoever you love, whatever you love. You want to marry a cow, you can marry a cow. If you want to marry a sheep, you can marry a sheep or whatever you want to do. I'm here to tell you that God is getting tired of the unrighteousness and the iniquities that are on the earth. Why are you saying all this, Pastor? I'm saying that to tell you this. That God has raised up someone. God doesn't, God is not a Democrat and God's not a Republican. God is just using men to get his plan done. And Donald Trump was there. Amen. Donald Trump was there and God said, I'm going to use him because he's not going to give in and he's not going to do all of this other stuff that the other politicians have. I'm going to give America some, some uh, space here to repent. You know, there's still a church in America. There are still people that pray for America. And as long as America, now watch, as long as America is an ally to Israel, God is going to continue to bless Israel. God is going to continue to bless Israel. I don't know if you heard this or not, but I believe it was 6 million uh, doses of medicine to help fight the coronavirus is being shipped now from Israel with another 4 million to come. Up to 10 million doses of this thing is coming from Israel. In the last hour that we are living in, God is going to turn his attention away from all this other stuff, and he's going to start dealing with Israel. So you better keep your eye on Israel and what Israel is doing and what is happening in Israel, amen, what is happening in the world and how the world is treating Israel. 
So God raised up Pharaoh to, for that time. God has raised up Donald Trump for this time. So the church needs to activate. We need to activate and start meeting people and saying, You're gonna, you need a Bible study. You need to get baptized. You need to let me show you what's going on. Amen. That's why I want friends and neighbors of our, friend, of our members to be watching today. I want you to not fear. I want you to not fear, but your, your neighbor, your friend that invited you to watch this webcast, this, this live cast is telling you this is the way to go. God is preparing the hearts of people for this end time. I'm going to shoot way above a lot of people's head, but there's 70 weeks in, the, in, the Dan, in Daniel's prophecy. And the 69th week and the last, very last week of it is going to be for the Jews. The, the tribulation is not for the church. The tribulation is for the Jews. And God is going to turn back to the Jews and he's going to receive that natural seed unto himself. Amen? And so we got to watch what is happening in Israel. So... God said to Pharaoh, I have created you for this time. And guess what? All of you watching around the world, God has created you for this time. I've asked God, why, can't, why couldn't I have pastored 50 years ago? Why couldn't I have pastored 40 years ago? 40 years ago, you could tell people, don't wear sunglasses. Because it makes you look evil because you got dark eyes. And they would say, okay, pastor said it, not to wear sunglasses, so I'm not going to wear sunglasses. No, today, don't wear sunglasses. Why? Oh, you, pastor, you're just narrow-minded. Oh, pastor, pastor, there ain't no word in the scripture that says that. So I said to God, why, why do you let me pastor now? Apparently, he knew I had what it takes to pastor now. I don't always know that what it takes to pastor now, but I'm telling you that God's in control, and I'm just going to have to trust him. That's what God wants us to do anyway is just trust him. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the next one. Oh, yeah, hail fire. Hail and fire. I want you to watch this here. Next one. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail. And the rain, the fire ran along upon the ground. Do you hear this? What is hail made out of? Water. It's ice. It's frozen water that falls out of the sky. Ice has fallen down on the ground. Then when it hits the ground, it turns into fire. And ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail. Very grievous, such as the, there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, that, that all that was in the field, both man and beast, the hail smote every herb of the field. It broke, broke every tree of the field. Only, everybody say only. Oh, I can hear you out there. Oh, yeah. Only in the land of Goshen, the children of Israel that lived there, there was no hail. God is going to protect us. God is going to protect us, but we're going to have to stop letting trash come out of our mouths. We're going to have to stop letting negative things come out of our mouths. We're going to have to stop 
feeding and fueling fear and say, God, you've got this thing. If you're going to lock me down in my house, you've got this. If you're going to lock me out, God, you still got this. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the next one. Locust. Next one. We got to hurry. Somebody going to need to go. I don't know what you're going to do. Color. What are you going to do today? Play Parcheesi. Maybe you ought to learn a new game, backgammon. Maybe you ought to clean out your garage. Maybe that's what the Lord has given me this time for. I got a garage that needs cleaned out. I got a backyard that needs burned down. Amen. I got a swimming pool that looks like a test plot at the U of I. Amen. Maybe I, I need to just see what the Lord has given me opportunity to do. I will tell you this, that there's almost 50 messages on the podcast. Some of them's old classics. So if you need some word from me for the week that you're not getting, you know, in between, go to the podcast. Go to the po- Go to the podcast. Can I get a praise and a witness about the podcast? Thank you. See, there's some people out there that are happy about the podcast. Amen. You know, the podcast is, is incredible. Do you know that our podcasts are being downloaded in Spain and in the Netherlands and in Uganda and Kenya and Singapore? How about all that? And there's a bunch of states that are, I mean, the podcast is growing. So get on the podcast and go. So anyhow, stretch out thine hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the field, even all that the hail hath left. Whatever the hail didn't destroy, God said, I'm sending the locusts. Judgment is not coming. See, judgment for, the, for us, judgment begins at the house of God. My judgment started way back in 1981. I've been judging myself since 1981. God's been judging me since 1981. He's been judging the way I talk. He's been judging the way I live. He's been judging the way I act. He's been judging everything about me. What he's saying, judgment begins at the house of God. And for all those years, I've tried to keep my life the best I can. Yeah, I've made mistakes. But we all make mistakes. But judgment is coming upon the earth and this system of the world. Judgment is coming upon all of this stuff. All the shedding of innocent blood, all of the gay rights agenda, all of the iniquities and all the abominations that are coming on the earth. God is going to do this. And and God is going to bless those that bless Israel and, and curse those that curse Israel. This thing is winding up. So everybody, we better get our business straight with God. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. Yes. Next one. And the locusts went up all over the land of Egypt and rested in all the coast of Egypt. Very grievous were they before them. There was no such locust as they, neither after them shall be such. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened and they did eat every herb of the field and the fruit of the trees which the hail had left and there remained not any green thing in the trees or in the herbs of the field through all the land of Egypt. God said what the hail didn't get, the locusts are going to get. Because when God gets ready to pour out his judgment, it's going to happen. That's why, church, we're going to have to be a church that's ready. 
I'm going to tell you another thing that I'm hearing and seeing. All of these churches that are just nice and seeker friendly and all of this, if they don't have any power, they're not going to last in this end time. We're going to have to be a church that has power. We're going to have to be a church that knows how to pray. We're going to have to be a church that knows how to lay hands on somebody and then get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're going to have to be a church that's ready at a moment's notice to baptize, to pray, to intercede. We're going to have to be a powerful church because God is getting ready to judge the religious world as well. The days are coming to an end where you can live like hell and still be a brother in Christ. The days are coming to an end where Jesus is just your buddy. The days are coming to an end where Jesus is just your best friend. No, he's your Lord and he's your Savior. And there's going to be a new respect come to the house of the Lord as well. And so, brothers and sisters, get ready. When we get back to church, amen, we're going to have different church than we've ever had before because God is planning something in each and every heart that's listening today, in each and every heart that's part of this body, the body of Christ in the earth. I'm not talking about just Vandalia. I'm talking about Honolulu. I'm talking about Manila. I'm talking about Tokyo. I'm talking about New York. I'm talking about the whole kingdom of God. The Bible says that in the last days, the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and they will do exploits amen so get ready get ready get ready hallelujah let's go darkness man pastor you're preaching a long time there's 10 plagues you kidding let's go i'd go faster if amber flushed my screen darkness hey might as well get comfortable right And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out thine hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over all the land of Egypt. Even darkness which may be felt. Not just darkness, but I'm telling you, you can feel darkness. You know what that feels like. All of us have experienced that. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any man from, uh, from his place for three days. But look at this next line. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying when it's dark in the world, God's going to give you light in your house. Amen? When it's dark in the world, God's going to give you light in the house. Let's go on. I'm about to close. The firstborn dies. This is the last plague. This is the, this is the grand finale of God's production over Egypt. I want you to notice uh, there's so many things about Egypt. There's so, 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 so many things about Egypt. Number one, Egypt was part of God's process. Egypt was part of God's process. Because God told Abraham, he said, I will make you a father of many nations. I will make you a father of many nations. And he had a family of 70 people that went into Egypt. Your family was bigger than that. The last known recorded picture of your family was 103. And 10 were missing. My family was bigger than that. In 1986, I had 93 cousins. 92 cousins. I was one. I was a cousin. That's a big family. How's God going to take a man and a woman? The woman's 75 years old. The man's 99. And he, God's saying, I'm going to make you a nation. 
I'm going to give you seed. Are you kidding me? But let me tell you something. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Can I get an amen in the house on that? With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. There ought to be some praise on that one. That's some good praise. I once it got here. Amen. It's good once it got here. And that's what it's going to be in your life. Once it finally gets there, it's going to be good. So just be patient on the Lord. Just be patient what he's trying to do. What did God do? God took an, uh, 70 people, put them down in Egypt. They were slaves for 400 years. And when they get ready to come out, they're not coming out as 75 people. They're coming out as millions because God used the process of slavery and the process of the Egyptian bondage to make that promise to Abraham possible. That he said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And there, was, there were Israelites everywhere. You see, the process that you are in right now could be the Egypt that is putting and birthing in you the promises that God has spoken over you. you. Don't despise the process. Don't despise what God is doing in your life. Let God work in your life. Let God do what he wants to do. So this last plague, and the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to bring one more plague plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt and afterward he will let you go hence when he shall let you go he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether God said not only is he going to say leave but he's going to kick you out not only is he going to say it's time for you to go he's going to say we I love you but you need to go home now amen it's time for you to go home now and he said this is what I want you to do children of Israel Speak now in the ears of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. What is God saying there? God is saying this. God is saying, you haven't been paid in 400 years. You have built all these beautiful cities for Pharaoh. You have built all of these beautiful statues and fountains and pools. And you've built all of these resorts for the Egyptians and for Pharaoh. But he said, I'm going to tell you, tonight you are about, and on this last plague, you are about to get your payment. Amen. And he said, I want you to go to the children of Egypt, and I want you to say to them, I need to borrow from you your silver and your gold. Next one, please. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. God is going to give the church favor in this last hour. So you need to be bold, and you need to listen to the voice of God. And you need to say, listen, Lord, you tell me whatever you want me to do. And God is going to give you favor. Hallelujah. What was God taking all the gold and the silver for? He said, we got a tabernacle to build out in the wilderness, and we're going to let the Egyptians fund it. We're going to let them pay for it. And, and, and so, and Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go into the midst of Egypt, and, the, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that setteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservants that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beast. Every firstborn is going to die. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue. Ha! 
The dogs aren't even going to be stirred up. The dogs aren't even going to know what's going on against man or beast. That you may know that I am the Lord that doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Let me tell you something. God has put a difference between us and the world. God has put the blood of Jesus on us. You and I are sanctified. We are birthed into the kingdom by the belief and the faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. We believe in the power of the blood which causes us to react. Belief means to respond and react. We go into and we react through repentance, baptism, and the Holy Ghost in our lives. God has this. That's what you need to know today. We are his children. God has this. God wasn't taken surprise by surprise by the virus. I mean, we're watching this thing unfold in China back in mid-December, early January. And now we have a case in Fayette County. It's reaching around the world, but God has this. God's in control. God's not afraid. I don't know if anybody else in this house believes it. I'm going to walk through the crowd here. Say, Pastor, there ain't nobody here. I'm talking about this crowd of pews. This is a crowd of pews right here. This is a flock of pews, a herd of pews, a school of pews, a pod of pews. Amen. God has this, and we're his children. God is in control. And guess what? Hell is not in charge. Did you hear that? Hell is not in charge. It doesn't matter how loud it doesn't matter how loud the devil's voice may be in your head. Hell is not in charge. You and I allow the enemy exactly what we, he gets to do in our lives. We allow it. So hell is not in charge. We are the children of God. Next one, please. Exodus 8.23, let me remind you, I will make a clear distinction between your people and my people. If the musicians will get ready. This miraculous sign will happen tomorrow. God said, I will make a distinction between your people and my people. Hallelujah. When you walk into Walmart, you are not just a citizen of the earth, but you are a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. You have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been filled with the Spirit of God. You walk in the power and authority of the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. You see, the, the, we live by the Word of God. We don't live by headlines. We do not live by the headlines on CNN. Nobody wants to live by the headlines on CNN anyway. We don't live by the headlines in the Post, the New York, the, the New, the New York Times, the, the Washington Post. We don't live by all of that mess. We live by the Word of God. And the Word of God is alive in our hearts. And the Spirit of God is alive in our lives. And it is time for us to realize that we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Do not fear. It's time to start getting people in front of the television. It's time to get people in front of the computer and say, watch this webcast. You need to watch this sermon. You need to listen to this sermon. This is going down in the, in, the, in the history and time here. I'm telling you that God is in control. And he said, I'm going to make a distinction between my people and you. Hell's not in charge. Please remember that, brothers and sisters. Hell is not in charge. Next one, please. 9-4, God said, and the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt. 
Not only is God going to take care of you, he's going to take care of what you own, what you have, what you got. He's going to watch out for you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to walk with you. He's taking care of the cattle. He's taking care of all of that. Let's go. Next one. Exodus 10. They they saw not one another in this darkness, neither rose anyone from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. You've got light. The light lives in you. You say, well, pastor, if somebody needs something from the church, what am I going to do? You're going to take care of it because you're the church. You're the one that's going to take care of it because you're the church. If they need prayer, you don't have time. You can't get them to the house. You can't get them to this corporate place of praise and worship. You've got to lay hands on them yourself. You've got to grab their hands and pray for them yourself because God is in control and God has this hour that we live in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next one, please. Verse chapter 11. We saw it in chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servant. Hallelujah. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast that you may know that the Lord has put a difference between Egyptians and Israel. I'm telling you, God's not taken by surprise, but keep watching Israel because God is going to work with Israel. Next one, please. First Peter chapter number 1, verse 18. 1 Peter 1, 18. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Oh, how true is that? We've inherited an empty life from our ancestors. But God paid a ransom. He paid for it for you with the precious blood, the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, we're covered with the blood. The thing that saved Israel. The the thing that saved Israel. Was God said, I want you to take the blood of an innocent lamb. And I want you to put it on the doorpost and across the lintel. Everybody in that house where the blood's applied will be saved. No one will die. Every place where the blood is not applied, the end will come. The Bible says that when the death angel came into over Egypt that night, that every firstborn from Pharaoh to his servants to the beast of the field, every firstborn died. And God said this, When I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will pass over you. Do you know what's coming up in a few weeks? Brothers and sisters, Passover. Passover. And I'm, I mean, I'm, 
Amy can verify this. I'm on the computer now. I'm on, I can't believe it. I'm on Facebook even. God help me. I'm on Facebook. I'm listening to preachers. I'm listening to prophets. I'm hearing what the Lord's saying here and what the Lord, they say the Lord's saying here, what the Lord is saying here. And one common thread, one common thread is this. Watch Israel. And one thread that I'm hearing from a lot of prophets is that the coronavirus healing will come during Passover. That's what I'm hearing. But we as a church need to pray this one thing. We as a church need to pray this one thing. God, when this healing comes and we're all able to come on back here, when I'm not walking through this cluster and this crowd of empty pews, but brothers and sisters, we're all here together. I want to worship different. I want to praise different. I need a little bit more enthusiasm. I need a little bit more intensity. I need a little bit more hunger. I need a little bit more uh, zealousness for you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Lord, you connect this church with, Lord, what you're doing in Israel. You connect this church with this end time. Amen. I'm seeing responses from Dottie and Carlita, Ginger, Heather, Catherine. Catherine says, I was standing over in her neighborhood. Imagine that. Sister Peggy, Sister Casey. Thank you all for responding today. Next slide. So, question. God has this? Question. We are his children. Next one. Do you love your children? God loves his. Do we love our children? Yes, we do. Will we do whatever it takes? Yes, we will. Will we provide and do whatever we can to make a way? Yes, we will. If we'll do that for our children, the Bible says this, how much more will your father in heaven how much more will your Father in heaven? Hallelujah. I'm here to speak hope into your life right now in the name of Jesus. I'm here to speak power into your life right now in the name of Jesus. I'm here to speak positive words coming out of your mouth. I'm here to speak the de declaration of the Word of God that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That all who rise up against us in judgment shall be put aside in the name of Jesus. That the battle is not yours, but the victory is in the name of Jesus. That God, you're going to see us through this thing, but Lord, you're going to shake the church in the name of Jesus. You're going to shake us, God, to a place where we come into your presence and into your power, Lord, and we come into a new realm and a new dimension. Oh God, move Family Worship Center up to the next level of the kingdom. God, move us up today in the name of Jesus. Everyone who saw this live, everyone who see this archive in the name of Jesus. Let your Lord, let your anointing fall on them. Let your power fall on them. In the name of Jesus, let the angels of the Lord go forth, God, and do the will of the Father. In the end time, we give the angels release. Hallelujah. According to Psalms and according to Hebrews, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation? So now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as we close out this time together, Lord, let your power flow through the church. 
Let it flow through every member. Let it flow into our life groups. Let it flow into everything that, Lord, we are putting together to serve this generation. And, Lord, we believe that, God, as we stand in faith, that, Lord Jesus, you're going to do something mighty with us and for us and among us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. God bless you. Enjoy the singing. I'll see you Wednesday night. Jesus, you change everything and lives healed and hope is found right here, right now. Jesus, you change everything and chains fall, fear bow right here, right now. Jesus, you change everything and lives healed and hope is found right here, right now. Jesus, you change everything. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Show us your glory.